Welcome back into the Short Course Saloon. My name is Joel Penfield, joined as always by Philip Slavin. How you doing, man? JP, you've uh, you've got a lot going on in that house there. I think I see some boxes. Do I see uh, do I see moving boxes, sir? The, these are moving boxes. All that's left in my living room right now is my TV and this chair that I'm sitting in. So uh, we're we're preparing. We're we're moving out of Stillwater. Uh, heading up toward Kansas City here uh, actually this weekend. We're, we're packing up all our stuff in the U-Haul on Thursday and leaving Friday and moving into our new house on Saturday. And then I start my new job on Tuesday. So uh, it's going to be a hectic week here. Uh, a episode next week is TBA. However, uh, we're going to make sure to get this one in uh, before everything gets even more chaotic than it already is. We'll have something next week. I'll figure it out it may just be me so if you don't like listening to me talk you can take the week off next week that's fine because it'll probably be me and who knows what so yeah but you know we got we got a lot yeah. to talk about uh with spring sports still both golf teams um baseball softball uh softball moving on to super regionals uh, after sweeping uh the stillwater regional in, in pretty dominant fashion for the most part uh beating campbell and mississippi state twice uh baseball finished out their their regular season strong uh, against New Orleans a not great New Orleans team but they played well overall uh, heading into the Big 12 tournament uh, where they're going to play OU in the first round 4-5 matchup at Bricktown uh, in Oklahoma City and women's golf very recently uh, just made match play for the first time in program history uh, they're going to be the 3 seed facing Auburn in that uh, so we got a lot to cover. Where do you want? Where do you want to expand on first? After I gave that little brief rundown, let's start with let's start with Stillwater Regional. Let's start with all right. Football. All right. Um, they didn't just dominate. They didn't just dominate. They won by a combined score in three going three and zero of twenty nine to five. That seems good. I, I'd say that's good. That's not bad. Um, maybe it's. I've watched this team a lot this year especially when basketball season was done and I was able to divert more attention um, to softball when the games were on. I've watched this team a lot. And maybe it's the Oklahoma State fan in me. Maybe it's seeing an SEC team on the other side. Maybe it's the football fan in me seeing an SEC team on the other side. You know, it's kind of like, okay. Um, you know, Eberly was a little bit, was a little rough in the first couple innings, both, against both games against Mississippi State. But by the third inning in both situations, Everly just locked it down. And then the Bats did what they do. Busby and Fibri and Naomi did what they do. And they just piled on the, on the points. And it was it, – like it's weird. Like it, it was interesting because Mississippi State scored first in both those games. It didn't it, – it, it wasn't close. Like it wasn't close. And I, it's, it's wild to watch an Oklahoma State team that is so – good in their sport that they dominate something they should but i mean how often do we really get to see that right yeah like, no, I, I agree with you even when football is great you know you still have close ones and in postseason or like i don't 
I don't think I've watched something this dominant for an Oklahoma State team in the postseason. And if I'm wrong, remind me. I mean, this dominant. Since, like, when Eddie was still in charge of the men's team and they were going to Final Four and and Sweet 16 and the rounds one and two were just, like, curb stomps. Like, like, I I think think what you're trying to get at is – It's good teams. I think what you're trying to get at is it's nice to watch an Oklahoma State team win and dominate when they should. Like, when they are meant to. It's not like you're, you know, we're jumping up and surprising anybody. Oklahoma State was the they were they were hosting regional. They're the number five national seed in the tournament moving forward. So you expected Oklahoma State to go in and dominate and win. And we've seen every other sport at various times where Oklahoma State has been highly ranked or a heavy favorite and they floundered. Kenny Gajewski's group didn't do that this weekend. They put their foot on their on their throats and didn't let up. And dominant one in such dominant fashion that I expect them to do the same to Texas. They've already beat them four times this year. Fluky won in the Big 12 tournament, but a win is a win no matter what. And I hate that they're playing Texas. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We've we've addressed that. Yes, but again, it's back in Stillwater. Uh, th- is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I can't remember. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday, if necessary, um, okay. are the games. Gotcha. Yeah. Sunday, so Friday and Saturday are the games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I don't that. Know, that's, I like it's probably a little bit, a little bit too arrogant. Look, I, I mean, yes, they're four zero against Texas. They've had close games against Texas, like they have. It, it hasn't been. You, you had the fluky one um, in Oklahoma City where they were lucky to get out of that one with a with a three two win. Um, and then the three game series, which was at Texas, they won three one five one and six four. So they weren't just blowouts. They didn't they didn't run rule them in any situation. So I do think this will be a a close series. I do because I do think Texas is good, um, but I think Oklahoma State is better, and I don't just think that because they've they've already beaten them four times. I just I think that they're better. Um, Oklahoma State's got issues with errors, um, but it really feels like in this back half of the season, outside of really that uh, that third game against. OU in the three game Bedlam series where the, they just kind of made some, some mistakes. Like they've been really good. And so I feel like they get them at home for three games. I feel like Oklahoma state should win this. I don't feel like there should be a Sunday game. I don't No, I Again, don't think so. Either. We might win. It might be three, two and, and, and five, three, like, and that's, that's fine. But you know what matters at that point? You're going to Oklahoma city. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how you get there. It's the same thing with baseball or whatever. It doesn't matter how you get there. Just, get just there. win, just win, baby. Just yeah. win. And if they can do that, they're going to have a good shot in Oklahoma City as well. I mean, OU is OU, but the fact that Oklahoma State's been able to get to Oklahoma City for technically two seasons in a row mm-hmm. is huge for this program. It's unreal, like to be able to do that. the The level of production that we've seen and the improvement we've seen during Kenny Gajewski's tenure at Oklahoma State is remarkable. And I have no reason to believe that Oklahoma State can't take a deep run into Oklahoma City should they get past Texas this weekend, which I believe they will. And uh, so two things. One, realize something I don't think has been talked about enough. Oklahoma State doesn't have to leave the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. For a single game, they still water through Supers, and then you go to Oklahoma City. So you don't have to go more than like two hours away from campus through postseason play. 
Um, and that's wild. Now, I will say this, um, the side of the bracket they are on with their seeding, the one downside of being in the four or five spot is when it gets to OKC, if they get past Texas and get to OKC, they will be in the same bracket as Oklahoma. And no offense to Washington, but Oklahoma is going to beat Washington. So you're going to get some, if, if they get past Texas, I'm not trying to look ahead too far. I'm just saying you get to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma State's going to have some combination of, of Oklahoma, who's going to beat Washington, um, Missouri or James Madison, and then Florida or Georgia. That's going to be your, your section of the bracket. So okay, OSU gets past Texas, they're probably going to have to face Oklahoma again. And I, I, I'm okay with that. Like I, I'm, It's good for the state. It's good for softball. Like, bring me all the really good bedlam softball we can get. I'm, I am perfectly fine with that. They've been competitive every time. I understand the last game in OKC. It was competitive till late. I would, I will take another one. I mean, I'd rather not, but I'll, I'll take another one. I mean, it's, it's a challenge that at this point, like, it's obviously one of those where you're going to go, oh crap, because it, it's, I mean, it's a tough challenge playing the best team in the country. You know to you know, to have to beat them, but it's a challenge that you know this team welcomes. They've beaten them before. Not many teams have beaten Oklahoma in recent years. So Oklahoma State has that notch in their, you know, that feather in their cap. So they know they can do it. And on the biggest stage, anything can happen. Yeah. It's a big weekend, obviously. Like we said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday if necessary. Uh, those games, if you can't get to Stillwater, if you can get to Stillwater, I, look, I, I would love to get still water i i can't uh so i'll be watching on espn2 espn and then espnu if necessary um but these games are on espn2 and espn uh, ou wash one of the ou washington games is on abc like i appreciate that the sport's being put on not just a bunch of random channels like they're putting oh, yeah. it on the, the, the prime espns they're putting a game on abc yes perfect let's get this board out there it's fun to watch the games are short like people who get mad they're like i don't care i'm like Okay, but the games are short. Like they're they're not long, and they're exciting, and entertaining the whole time. Like, oh yeah, that's that's great. It doesn't wreck a whole day to watch one of these. You get to watch some some major sorry major league baseball, and you're sitting there four and a half hours later, like is the game ever going to end? And this one zero game is still in the fifth. Like I'm just saying, softball is nice. College baseball is the same problem sometimes. Softball is nice because these games are quick. It's like soccer. It's it's mm. quick, guys. No, it, like, it moves it's nonstop quick. and it's quick. Yeah, pace of play is really nice in softball. I I really enjoy going to watch those games, and like I I'll tune in and I like watching Oklahoma State, but I'm not gonna you know it's usually in the background. Once you get into regionals and supers, I'll watch anybody. It's it's really fun to watch, even when games go like 12, 13 innings. It it can get really fun. Um, moving on to the sport that you felt the need to shit on, uh, going into baseball. <laughs> Just pace of play. Just pace of play. I'm sorry. There's more action Please. in a baseball game than a football game. And they're the same freaking length of time. There is. There's more action time in baseball than there is football. Go look it up. Anyways, Oklahoma State, they essentially sweep New Orleans. The game on Sunday uh, was uh, – it was canceled due to the fact – the combination of uh, potential bad weather and then the travel curfew for New Orleans. So they, they weren't going to be able to get the and game in, even though it didn't rain at all on that Sunday. <laughs> but I understand, I understand why they did it though. Just on the off chance, it's Oklahoma and you get a torrential downpour right as the game starting, like they weren't going to be able to get the game in. So, and it also doesn't hurt Oklahoma state at all because you had, at this point had already locked up original spot. Uh, just a matter of where they're going to end up. 
and it gets it gives your pitchers an extra day of rest going into the Big 12 tournament when you're going to need them. So I, I was at the game on Thursday. It was the highest attended uh, it was the most attended Oklahoma State baseball game in history. It was like 6,200 people uh, near uh, essentially a sold-out O'Brate Stadium, which was th- – this team has deserved this for such a long time, and to see it actually happen was very cool. Uh, watching Cecil O'Brate and former President George W. Bush throughout the first pitch was really cool. Not too often do you get to see a, a president in person, so that was a, a cool experience for me, and I know others that were there. Oklahoma State ended up winning that game 9-6. to Weird game, bullpen game. But by about the fourth, fifth inning, Oklahoma State took their handle on the game and moved on. And then I believe they won in they by mercy rule on Saturday, fifteen to one, fifteen to two. So uh, a pretty good showing against the team that they needed to go and and get a couple of wins against, and they did. Uh, now you head into, as I mentioned, the Big Twelve tournament as the four seed playing the five seed Oklahoma, who you won the series, who they won the season series against three to two. Now you're in, you know, now you're when it really matters. Now you're playing games where it really matters. So I, I'm excited for uh, for what we're going to see out of this team. I think there's still a lot to like. Uh, you're getting some guys back. Brett Stanley pitched on Saturday, which was an encouraging sign. Uh, there are rumors that Parker Scott's going to be able to come back uh, here pretty soon. So you're not going to get, you know, Justin Robleski or Nolan McClain back, but those are two arms uh, in Stanley and Scott that this team – desperately needs at the right time of the year you're i was on the college baseball nation podcast with with kyle and john um, which if you haven't go give it a listen it's really good we uh, we we drafted we did a snake draft of picking um teams from five different conferences and who we thought would would win um, the conference championship between big 12 acc sec uh conference usa and, and the american so college baseball nation go check it out um this tournament is really interesting. It's a weird one every year. Um, we've seen Oklahoma State be the eight seed and win the whole thing. I, 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 the top seed doesn't win it every year. And we come into it with a lot of fun storylines. You got TCU who's floundering, goes three and six their last nine nine games and loses their last three series of the season, including to Louisiana Monroe, to the point that mm. they have to tie Texas for the Big 12 regular season title. They lose the tiebreaker to Texas because they lost that series. That was one of those last three series. They gave up seven runs in the bottom of the ninth against Kansas State on Saturday to lose that series. They don't have injuries to blame. They're just they're not playing well right now. It's the worst time of the year. So you get them coming into this a little bit. Eh. Texas Tech is they're on the side of the bracket with Baylor and Texas Tech. Baylor needs to to win a game or two if they want to feel good about potentially getting into regional action. Texas Tech is hit and miss. I mean, they have been. They, they can be really good. They can also like lose to to Kansas of all teams uh, on their weekend series this past week. Like I know Oklahoma State lost the game to Kansas too. I get it. Um, you can get Bedlam, and then you have Texas who's going to face – now there's an 8-9 play-in game as opposed to just having the 9 seed be like, nah, see you next year. Now 8-9 get to play to face off against Oklahoma, which is whatever. Um, they don't want Oklahoma State to do what they did again. Or it's because Texas got left out as the 9 seed one year, and we can't allow that to happen. I think that's that, – I guarantee you that's why they did it. I, I say that slightly tongue-in-cheek. No, that, um, not even slightly tongue-in-cheek. Like You know that Texas bitched enough to make that happen. Like I can see Texas winning this whole thing 
I can also see Texas not giving a shit because they're going to be a top four national seed already, no matter what happens. And Oklahoma State playing really well and, and making a run. Um, I hate saying this. Oklahoma's been playing well. They need to win some games if they want to get into regionals. Like they have a lot to play for in this tournament. I think Bedlam's going to be really interesting. I think Texas Tech Baylor on Wednesday is going to be really interesting because similar situation. Texas Tech's you're just off. Baylor's the first team since like 2018 to go into Lubbock and win a series. But there, so Texas Tech probably going to want to beat Baylor, but Baylor needs to win games. Like it's a really interesting opening day on Wednesday. I say opening day. I know Tuesday game West Virginia. That's just it's an interesting matchup on Wednesday, and I really don't know who I think is going to win it, but I think the winner will come from the what do they call it Division One with Texas, OSU, Oklahoma. I think whoever comes out of that half the bracket is winning this whole thing. I, I absolutely can see that. Yeah. I mean, te- Texas has played good ball all year. I mean, credit to them. Most of the time when you see a Texas team and they get hot in non-conference, or really early on in non-conference, they're like, oh, Texas is going to be a force of reference. And then, then they shit the bed in conference play and they're a, a middling team. Let's just said the last four or five years. This year's changed that narrative a little bit, but they, I just, I don't know. Outside of Ty Madden, you know, Pete Hansen's okay, but once you get past Ty Madden, and and I, I'm curious when they throw him, you might be able to sneak in and beat Texas. Oklahoma State did it on on that Sunday when they got to the third. Sorry, who's throwing for it? And, and you know, we'll go from there. I mean, Texas lineup bangs. I mean, they, they hit the crap out of the ball. So we'll see. And Oklahoma State's playing some of their best baseball over the last couple of weeks after that weird stretch when they all those injuries hit all at once. Now you're starting to get on the other side of that. And we'll see how Oklahoma State plays. But Normally, Josh Holiday seems play, you know, some of their best baseball down the stretch of the year and into the conference tournament. You know, we saw that, that the year they were the eighth seed that uh, they barely snuck in. They had to sweep OU to get in, and they did, and then they won the, the conference tournament. So they, they have the ability to. Uh, whether they're able to, it depends on the health of their pitching staff. If you're able to get some innings out of Scott and Stanley this weekend um, and you're not having to rely on the bullpen a ton – Get it to Justin Campbell. Get it to Justin Campbell for the championship game, and Oklahoma State can win the whole damn thing. Um, I will note if you're an Oklahoma State fan, um, you should probably try and go to Oklahoma City this year. Yes, for a game or two, however many, because this is moving to Globe Life Field in Arlington next year. That's and it's right. Set to be there for for three years. So um, after the last, let's see, it moved to Oklahoma in 2005, where it has remained every year. Uh, One Oak and Tulsa got it for one year. Uh, he's had a couple seasons in Arlington. He's mostly been in Oklahoma City. This is moving to Arlington, Texas, to Globe Life Field because, you know, they got a big new shiny thing, so they got to move it down there. I think it's better off in, in Bricktown because size-wise, you're not even going to get remotely close to filling Globe Life, so whatever. Um, it's going to look so empty, whatever. But it's moving, and it'll probably won't move back anytime soon. Just get it. I I agree. So go to Oklahoma City this weekend, get a game or two. Uh, if you can get that Bedlam game on Wednesday, go for it. Uh, that game is at zoom in, 7.30, so it's after work. You've got no excuse. It's the night game. Go. Yes, I'm going to have that on. I'm going to have that on while I'm podcasting and doing things. So I'm excited for this week. I wish you could go Owen could lose game one. They could they could win run through and win the whole thing. Like I think OU's playing well enough. They've obviously had tight games with Oklahoma. Yes, they won the overall season series three two. But both teams are playing well. So I, I am very interested in this this week, obviously. But I, it's 
it's really interesting. You had Texas Tech, who's now vying for top eight seed. Baylor, who needs to win to try and get make sure they feel good about regionals. TCU, who's floundering and about to lose a top eight regional seed unless they turn things around. Uh, Kansas State, who the only way they're getting have a postseason is to win the whole thing. Texas, who we don't know if they care or not. And then OSU and OU, where OSU's trying to improve themselves. Here's the interesting narrative, and John brought this up on College Baseball Nation podcast. Um, at the moment, Oklahoma State is number 16 in the RPI. Now, we've talked about this, and we thought RPI might not matter as much this year because of everything going on. Well, that wasn't the case for softball. They pr- pretty much just went by the RPI, right? Um, when baseball committee announced the, the top 20 for hosting sites, it was pretty much the top 20 in RPI minus Fairfield and Old Dominion. Um, now, OSU wasn't, Stillwater wasn't listed among those sites, but OSU has continued to climb in the RPI. The sites are locked. That doesn't mean that that, that, that team is going to host. That's what happened still, it was softball. Uh, they host Athens, Georgia was a host site. Georgia got to play at home. They weren't the host school Duke was. Duke lost. So there's a op- there's an opportunity for Oklahoma State to be the one seed uh, in a regional, not in Stillwater, but somewhere else, if they could make a run here in the Big 12 tournament. Now, it doesn't help because you're not at home, but point stands, they could be the one seed somewhere if they can make a nice run here just based off of the RPI. So I do think Oklahoma State has a lot to play for beyond just continuing to get healthy and continuing to get uh, more reps for for players that you want to have ready to go come regional action. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be an interesting storyline to follow over the next week. Uh, before we wrap up talking about baseball, Oklahoma State had ten guys named to uh, got that got all Big Twelve honors. Uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand talked about him all year, been the best player on the team, you know, consistently best hitter on the team consistently all year was. First team All Big 12 and newcomer of the year. Uh, not like he's gonna be back next year, but I enjoyed watching him in his potentially one season uh, for Oklahoma State. The other first team guy was Justin Campbell as a utility slash pitcher because he he does some some of that two way action and will probably be uh, probably the two way player of the year in the country if I had to guess. I haven't seen anybody else that's been able to have the type of pitching and hitting production that he's had. Brett Stanley got second team all Big 12. If he didn't get hurt, I would bet that he probably ends up on first team. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, still gets that honor. Uh, honorable mentions, Cade Cabanis, Max Hewitt, Carson McCusker, Parker Scott, Jay Thompson, Caden Trinkle, and then Trevor Martin, a uh, true freshman out of Asher, Oklahoma, out of the bullpen, was named at the all-freshman team. Uh, that kid, <laughs> that kid's going to make a lot of money in the pros in a couple of years. I'll just tell you all that right now. His, his stat cast numbers, uh, Trackman pitching data is off the charts good, and when the Dodgers like you, you're you're a pretty good player. And at, for him to be putting these numbers up as a freshman is even more impressive. Yes. <laughs> good, good enough. Good enough. Look, I can talk about things from a holistic standpoint. When it starts getting into the nitty gritty of baseball, I let you do your thing. Yeah, and I I'll, say I yes. will. Yeah, I, I, I will nerd out about Trevor Martin real quick before we move on. Uh, because he, I, I knew nothing about him. It's so hard to follow baseball recruiting because there's so much that goes into it with guys possibly going pro or not, Juco. You know, there's not a lot of data out there unless you really want to go dig. But you get Trevor Martin, who's from small town Oklahoma, and 
he's up there now and he they put him in the bullpen they showed early that they trusted him in high leverage situations which for a true freshman to have that kind of stones out of the bullpen to to go and get guys out and get big outs like that says a lot uh, early on about where he's at and then you pepper in the fact that now he's into the upper 90s throwing he's 96 97 he's he hit 98 uh against baylor in that uh in that extra innings game when they needed those outs uh, really impressive, and he's he's spinning the ball at an elite spin rate, like there's a 2,500 RPMs, which is is dumb. And for him to do that as a true freshman, I mean that that's that's some ridiculous stuff. Uh, Rob Walton's doing his thing, uh, getting grooming guys and and you know turning guys into big leaguers. And it would not surprise me if Trevor Martin in a couple of years is uh, with that kind of data. Teams are gonna teams are gonna be chopping at the bit to draft him, and I believe he's a draft eligible sophomore next year. So the teams are gonna be chomping at the bit looking at that data. Uh, to get him on a big, get him on a uh, in a big league organization. That's awesome. I love it. It makes you you look at everything and you do say this team will be good next year again. Uh, yeah, and that's exciting. Yes, it is. Now they're going to lose a lot when you yes. say, like a production. When you get you're losing guys. I think there's 13 seniors. Uh, and a lot of those guys are key contributors. So that's going to be tough. And then you're going to lose guys like Christian Encarnacion, who's probably going to get drafted. And somebody, you know, a guy like Justin Robleski, who, you know, based on some of the, his early data, even though he's hurt right now, uh, a team could take a chance on him. So th- there is a chance that you're going to lose a lot. But with some of the young guys we saw early this year, uh, there's a lot to like about how good this team can still be next year. There, this, there's not going to be a rebuild. It, it might be a reload type year, but there's still a lot to like with uh, the team that's going to come back in 2022 for Oklahoma State baseball. Now we got a lot of golf to talk about, or at least on the women's side, on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. All right, Phillip. So as I mentioned in the intro, uh, women's golf – for the first time in program history is going to match play uh, in the NCAA championships. So that, I mean, that's a huge deal for this, for this team. And they had a really good, I believe second day that vaulted them into that, that third spot uh, Stanford is ran away uh, during uh, stroke play, but to, for them to be in the spot where they're at, it's, it's a huge deal uh, for I think second year for the head, for this head coach to get them here already. First time, when you do anything first time in program history, it's a big deal. Yeah, look, it's his second year. It's Greg Robertson's second year in charge of the program, and year one was COVID-shortened season. So literally his first shot at getting them into the NCAA tournament, he does, um, and helps coach them all the way to match play. Um, look, dumb me on my podcast on Monday. I was like, congrats to OSU on finishing third in the NCAA Women's Golf Tournament. Like a moron not paying attention to anything. Like, oh, wait, they still have a fourth round of play, and there's match play. So they were sitting in third after. It really was day three with the big day. They had a, that was their big mover. Um, day one was what kind of killed them. They were nine over on day one, one over on day two. Um, was it six under day three, and then one over today on day four. Uh, to finish five over in stroke play and in third place, all alone there in third place. Uh, and now they head to match play, where they will face off against Auburn. Um, look, it's wide open. Um, if you look at golf stats rankings, Top seed South Carolina's out. So it was number four, Wake Forest, number three, LSU. So you got sixth ranked Stanford, second ranked Duke, seventh ranked Oklahoma State. Yeah, they're ranked seventh by Golf Stat. Fifth ranked Ole Miss. Uh, you got Texas, Auburn, Arizona State, and Arizona who are all ranked in the top 22. But I mean, once you hit the match play, we, we've seen anything's possible. Anything. Oh, yeah. Happen. 
Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter who's the number one, who comes into stroke plays the top seed. It doesn't matter how you're ranked. Stroke play is the great equalizer. And so I mean, the Cowgirls have a, a big opportunity in front of them um, against Auburn here. So I am, I am jacked for this. Um, I believe the Golf Network will have stroke play or I'll have match play on TV if I remember correctly looking at things. I think they put the round four goes on TV and then they put on match play. So I don't have the Golf Channel at work. So I'm just going to hijack the TV on Tuesday and put on some golf and keep an eye on it until we, until we get to, uh, until we, do we know? Like I'm, as long as they're still going. So I'm, I'm very excited for this again. Greg Robertson, you know, we talked about it's still too early to, to put him super high. We talked about we're going to rank uh, Mike Holder's hires during his tenure. I mean, this is a pretty good start. He's, he's, oh, yeah. Greg Robertson's done enough already to make sure he's not near the bottom of the list when you're taking the team to match play for the first time ever. That's a pretty good situation. It's a pretty good start to your career there in Stillwater and, oh, yeah. and no keeping the, uh, the goal school hashtag strong on the women's side. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. You mentioned how match play is the great equalizer because I mean, we saw a couple years ago on the men's side that Oklahoma state team with Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, Austin Eckerote, they got bounced in, I believe the first round of, of match play in 20, would that be 2019? Which, which year was it that they got? No, it wasn't the first round. They lost in the uh, second round to Texas. That's right. Yeah, but either it way. Like, it got dark. Um, Bo- Bushu had a chance to to wrap it up and, and couldn't do it in the dark. And uh, they lost to Texas, and then Texas lost to Stanford. Yeah. I, I, just, I just remember going, you know, how the heck is this team losing? But anything can happen in match play. So that's going to be – Going to be fascinating to see how Oklahoma State does. Though to the three seed, I'm assuming it works like a like an eight, like a true tournament, correct? Yeah, it's match play. It's one versus it's one versus eight. That's what I thought. Two, okay, seven. Cool. So you've got I'm, Stanford I'm, versus I'm, Arizona. You bracket Stanford, Arizona, uh, Duke, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Auburn, and Ole Miss, Texas. So if OSU gets past Auburn, they'll face either Duke or Arizona State. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Which you're shocked. Arizona slipped in. They they stayed in there. And Auburn, look, Auburn was in 14th place. Had a 10 under round four to skyrocket themselves into this thing. So they're, you know, they're, they're they had a really nice round on on Monday to get them into match play. So we'll see. You know, kind of hope that they burned their uh, burned all their their magic on on Monday and, and don't have anything left in the tank for for match play. But again, we'll just we'll see what happens. Uh, it's 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 exciting. Like match play is it's frustrating as it is for Oklahoma State because it's cost them multiple national championships. Right. Uh, it's so fun. It's so exciting, and I really hope I, I hope they can at least get past the first round. Like it's nice to be here, but now they're here. Now we want to see how far they can go. You know, I mean, this, we're we're Oklahoma State. I don't care if it's the women's team. We want to see them win it all. Or at least yeah, I mean, yeah, for, first time in program history, that's almost like playing with house money right there. But you know, this team is confident right now. And if they can get past first round, I mean, look out for the rest of the country because Oklahoma State's arrived. And, you know, Greg Robertson's doing a fantastic job of in his first full season. He's getting them past the first round of match play or that's that says a lot. Mm-hmm. 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 The team's good enough to do it. Yeah, I think they are. I, I really do think they are. Um, so. It's it, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last thing here. 
we found out that we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, Eric Pastrana, assistant for Oklahoma State basketball, uh, is moving on. He's going back home to Florida, going to go and be an assistant at the University of Florida uh, in Gainesville. The, you know, this this is a bit of a loss for the, the coaching staff. Uh, he's been a huge part uh, recruiting-wise uh, and developmentally for this team the last couple of years. I know uh, he's very highly regarded among between not even not only Coach Boynton but the the players themselves, you can see the relationships that he's developed with a lot of these guys uh, over his two years in Stillwater. But I'm not I'm not overly concerned at all. Uh, Mike Boynton has done a fantastic job whenever he's lost assistance of hiring good ones to replace them. So you know, best of luck to Coach Pastrana moving forward. Now I really enjoyed seeing uh, what he was able to do with this team. And no, he he's going to be head coach within five years. It, it would not it would not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, to see Eric Pastrana become a head coach here at the G5 level here pretty soon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it it's you hate losing coaches, but I mean, it, they'll be all right. Boyd is done. You said it. A great job of of making new hires and and f- bringing new people in. It really benefit Oklahoma State. So uh, I'll be excited to see who the next guy is. Who comes and takes that spot. Um. Let's wrap on this real quick. Obviously, the men's, we won't talk again before this starts, but the men's golf championship begins this week. Uh, on Friday, Oklahoma State, one of the 30 teams who have made it into at this point, out of regional play, obviously winning one of three Big 12 teams that won joining Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, they're also jumped by Oklahoma and TCU as Big 12 teams to advance to this point. So it's very exciting. Uh, I mean, look, OU's ranked number one overall, depending upon your rankings. Uh, OSU's third or fourth, depending on your rankings, Texas is top seven. I'm pumped. I am, I am pumped for this. Um, it, I, I am. I am excited. I'm, I love this. Like, I, I can't wait. I, I want to see them in match play. I want to see if they can keep on this late season run that they've been on where they've just been, they've just been lights out to end oh, yeah. the season. Um, they are tied for the most wins. I think that's right. Hold on. They pull up the old uh, the old rankings. I believe they're either tied for the most wins or they're one behind somebody else. Uh, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Uh, let me do. I'm to team ranking. This is good stuff. This is good no, I lied. Yes, they are tied. They are tied. Um, they have five. Event wins. Uh, that is tied for the most with number eight, Illinois. So there you go. Uh, Golfstad has Florida State number one, has uh, OU number two. They both have four wins. So Illinois and Oklahoma State with the most event wins. OSU has been on a tear. And so yeah. look, they're playing their best golf at the time of the year to be playing your best golf. I am, I am very excited to see what they do in Arizona this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun to follow. Uh, Obviously, we've talked about hashtag golf school. Um, but you know, like I've talked about with other sports, when you're playing your best at the right time, which is at the end of the year when you have an opportunity to win a championship, that's when it really matters and that's when it's most important. I, you know, if they were playing their best, like the, their best of the year in their first couple of tournaments, I'd be concerned. But right now they're playing their best right now uh, when it matters and when it counts. And I can't wait to see what Oklahoma State does this weekend. Uh, makes you actually really want to pay attention to golf and really, you know, really move on there. So I, I'm I'm always going to be excited about Oklahoma State golf. 
Yeah, me too. I, I feel good about their chances to get a match play. I do. Yes, I, I, I feel I agree. good about that situation. So, Definitely. Um, I had uh, Brentley Real Mind of Golf channel on my show last Thursday to talk about, you know, the tournament after regional play, his thoughts. Um, so if you want to go check that out on the 1012 podcast, he and number 12 of the podcast, we talk about Oklahoma and Texas and Oklahoma state and Texas tech. Um, so go check that out. Go listen to what he has to say about the Cowboys, um, who he thinks will win it all. It's a pretty good interview. All right. Uh, any other final thoughts here, Philip? Uh, follow me on Twitter. OKTXAR poke. Go check out my conversation with College Baseball Nation. They do a really good job, uh, to be honest. I just it's, they do, they do a really good job. I really enjoy having them on my show. I enjoy talking with them. There's a lot of good places that cover college baseball. Some are just more approachable than others. So fair enough. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. As I mentioned, I will be, I am TBD right now on whether I will be on the next episode just with moving and everything like that. It's going to be kind of chaotic for the next week or so, but Philip might have something for you. We will find out. Uh, but nothing else. Well, we'll talk to you all as soon as we can get back on. Uh, thank you for tuning in as always, and we'll talk to you soon.